Excuse me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Sorry. Excuse me. Pardon me. Sorry. Excuse me. Sorry. Excuse me. Pardon me. My bad. Sorry. Excuse me. <sighs> Welcome to Bridgewater. I'm Brett, one of the pastors at Bridgewater, and it's good to be here. We are uh, in a sermon series, the third week, called Unoffendable. Right there. And uh, it's been a great series. If it's your first week, you probably are like, unoffendable? Why would anybody want to be unoffendable? That's a great question. Hopefully we will get to that at some point. But we live in a very offended world, a very offended society. I don't know if you've realized this, but pretty much anybody can be offended about pretty much anything. Uh, People get offended because you say something the wrong way. People can get offended because you drive the wrong way. People can get offended because you look at them out the window while they're driving the wrong way. People even get offended because somebody else got offended. That's a weird one. You can get offended because you typed something. You can get offended because you read something that was typed. You you can get offended because you bought something on something to type on. It's crazy. In fact, I found some examples of, of being offended. Uh, there was a, a man who won a million dollars after being served the wrong meal. And uh, let me read this. This is Adam. Adam ordered a roast beef sandwich one day back in 2010. However, instead of getting him roast beef, they accidentally served him pastrami. He sued because he was offended. He won a million dollars. How about this one? A high school student sues. After being woke up in math class, <laughs> this is great. The News Times reported that Vinicia dozed off during math class, and his teacher, Melissa Newdaw, made the mistake of waking him up. The student's parents were extremely offended, and they sued the Danbury High School, the Connecticut Board of Education, and the city of Danbury on his behalf. People get offended about just about anything. How about this one? Woman is awarded a million dollars for a hug. A hug. All right, I'll give you the details. CNBC reported that Jennifer Connell sued her 12-year-old nephew following a hug at his birthday party. His hug was, and I quote, too enthusiastic and he hurt my arm. He was saying he loved me, but I'm not sure I believe it. The jury awarded this offended lady just over a million (laughs) dollars. What? That is crazy. There was just an article in in Time Magazine, and the article was entitled, It's Time to Teach Young People How to Stop Being So Offended. You know how they're learning it? Because adults get offended so frequently. Now, I know that you're, there's an elephant in the room, isn't there? (laughs) And I was wondering, do I have a stain on my shirt? Like, something on my nose? And then I realized, oh, I brought my ego up here. Oh, you're looking at this. Oh, well, Tim Keller, who was a pastor, author, was a pastor, author, he passed away, but here's what he said about what you see behind me. 
This is precisely how the human ego works. It hurts when it's inflamed. Sure, it's always there. Everyone's got an ego. But when it's oversized, it's constantly being injured or threatened. When it's all about me, I'm constantly aware of myself, bracing myself for ego injury. This is my ego. And people who walk around with a very large ego get offended all the time. But it's not only that. People who walk around with a very large ego also hurt a bunch of people because of their offense. Now, I, <laughs> I was thinking about this and I thought, you know what, I don't have an ego. So I saw the sermon five weeks ago and I was like, ah, oh, I, I don't struggle with, with an ego. Um, they call it confidence. Uh, I, I don't. And then I, the more I thought about it, the more I realized I, I'm willing to admit that I'm selfish sometimes. I'm selfish sometimes. I think selfish actions come from an enlarged ego. So the larger a person's ego is, the more selfish they will act. And what's crazy about an ego is I can't see it, but you can. See, just like pride, ego is very hard to see in a mirror. We, we have trouble seeing it ourselves. Oh, but we ask somebody else. Or if we look out the window, we're like, oh man, that guy, he, what an ego. He's got an ego. Right? Easy to spot in somebody else. Hard to see the damage my ego's doing. I actually knocked over two salvations. I didn't even realize it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even know. Let me give you some examples. <laughs> Someone cuts you off. Hmm. Get all mad. Like, Come on. I'm late for work. Don't they know? I get all offended. In fact, here's how you know you have an ego. <laughs> when I'm driving, I don't want anybody making me feel like I need to go faster or feel like I have to slow down. I have attained the exact right speed of the universe and if you allow me to just go about my business, I won't be offended. But oh, you get on my bumper and you try to push me a little bit? Oh, big offense. Or you get ahead of me and go a little slower than the universe wants me to go? Oh, big offense. Why? Ego. My time is my time. And I've determined how fast or how slow I want to go. And you're trying to speed me up. You're trying to slow me down. Mm. What about this one? Someone gets a promotion. I've been in line for that promotion. Don't they understand my value? Don't they know what I bring to the table? I know that person. They're not going to make it. Ah, ego. Someone posted something on social media that I disagree with. Don't they know there's a, a different view of that? Don't they understand? They must not understand. I get all offended. And then if they talk about somebody I like, oh, my ego. My kids embarrass me. And then I'm like, don't they understand the reputation? It takes a lot of work to get a reputation. And they just willy-nilly go, and I'm all offended. Like, these kids, what are we going to do? <laughs> ego. It's, it's interesting that... Um, 
we quickly feel like we're wounded all the time. And, and in reality, though, getting cut off doesn't wound me. I'm fine. Oh, but it wounds my ego. Getting embarrassed at a party doesn't wound me. Oh, but it, it, it affects my ego. Having to go slower or faster. Mm. Am I wounded? No. Oh, but my ego got dinged. So today we're going to talk about our egos. Because it's, it's very important that we realize that we need to choose to say no to our egos and yes to humility. In fact, biblically, followers of Jesus are supposed to be the most unoffendable people on the planet. And unfortunately, that is not true all the time. So if you're a follower of Jesus or if you're not and you're just checking things out, the Bible talks about how we need to say no to ego and yes to humility. Um, we're going to look at three ways. If you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 2 is where we're going to be. Uh, there was a guy named Paul, and he, he really put most of his worth into what he had accomplished. And we read about him early in Acts, the book of Acts, and he talks about how much he had accomplished. Then... He has an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus radically changes his worldview and his thinking, and he is sharing some of that thinking in the book of Philippians chapter 2, where he's talking to a church in Philippi, and he talks to them about how they need to live. So how do we choose to say no to ego and yes to humility? Uh, let's begin with verse 3 of, of Philippians chapter 2. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So Paul basically, in the middle of a conversation, turns and says, oh, by the way, followers of Jesus, um, <laughs> I want you to take an interest in others. In fact, that's the first way that we can live unoffendable lives. It, it is by thinking of others. Thinking of others. Now, we would, we would say, well, that's kind of easy, but do you realize in our world today, in America, that goes totally against everything that we're being told through media, through our world? I read an article this week about the phrase, you do you. We've heard that, right? Oh, you do you. Oh, go ahead, you do you. And in the article, here's how it defined you do you. Taking care to think about yourself first and not putting anyone else's needs before your own. That is totally different from what Paul writes in the Bible, what Jesus said. <laughs> You do you, taking care to think about yourself first and not putting anyone else's needs before your own. How about these popular phrases? Just do it. You deserve a break today. Have it your way. Oh, this is my favorite one. You rule. You rule. 
Somebody else rules? No, you. You rule. What kind of a message is that? You're the most important. You're the center of the universe. You need one of these because you rule. And everybody should get out of your way when you come through with your pride, your ego. They should just part the waters because you rule. Our entire society in America is feeding this frenzy that we are amazing. And Paul says, whoa, 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 whoa. You want to live an unoffendable life? You want to be a Jesus follower who walks through life like Jesus lived? Think about others. <laughs> this is actually one of the major reasons, maybe the most major reason why friendships and marriages fail. Because anytime you take the idea that the relationship centers around me, I rule, I will do it my way, I am the most important part of this relationship, that relationship is doomed to fail. And yet our, our society tells us that's exactly how we should live. Why not? It kind of goes against what Jesus says. Because we have this pride, we have this arrogance, this ego, and selfish actions are quickly behind it. If I view all of my life and all the actions I do through this prism, that I am the greatest, I become extremely selfish, and I will wreck all the relationships I'm a part of. You know people like that. I know people like that. And they can't see their own ego, but we definitely see the wake of destruction and hurt. The Bible obviously calls for a totally different approach. And um, I, was, uh, I was at an establishment on Thursday and ordered a burger. And this wonderful waitress served me a burger that offended me. It had onions on it. And I, I, had, I have been ordering burgers for 52 years. All right? I understand exactly how to order a burger. A burger should have meat on it. I don't care if you add extra meat. I'm fine with that. Or even extra kinds of meat. I'm fine with that. But don't put a salad on my burger. If I want a salad, I'll order a salad. But it's kind of like they're just trying to sneak vegetables into my diet. And I don't want vegetables. I'm a carnivore. I want meat. So... I order this burger and I make it very clear like I have, like I mentioned, for many, many years. Probably not all 52, but maybe 42 of them. And if that burger didn't have onions on it, you know what it's like to be excited about the meat and then you bite and you get a vegetable stuck in there, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? It just wrecks the whole, it didn't even just wreck the whole meal or the moment. It wrecked the whole day. Then you got an onion stuck in your teeth. You shouldn't have onions in your teeth. No one should have vegetables stuck in their teeth. You should have meat stuck in your teeth. I was highly offended. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, if I'm going to think of others, my reaction, my response to someone intentionally putting vegetables on my burger it ought to be different. I, I, I should be thinking of others. We get cut off while we're driving. 
We want to make sure the other drivers know how we feel about what they've done, right? I mean, they have to know. If, if, if we're going to help them improve their driving in future opportunities, we need to let them know that, that, that they did something wrong. We were offended. We want to let them know. Well, thinking of others changes our response. The dishwasher wasn't emptied. The floor wasn't picked up. The kids weren't put in bed on time. We really want our spouse to know that we were inconvenienced. Right? I mean, they, they need to know, or this is going to behavior, be behavior that continues. And so we let them know. Well, what is that? It's pride. What got hurt? What got wounded? Nothing except my pride, my arrogance, my ego. And as a follower of Jesus, <laughs> I need to be unoffendable, which means I need to have a different perspective because I have to think about others. This is not the only place that, that the Bible talks about this. Um, this, let me read this. Take care to think about yourself first. Oh, that was the quote. And don't put anyone else's needs before your own. I don't know how they could have made a quote better for this sermon, better for Philippians 2. Like, you couldn't be more against what God says. <laughs> Even if you tried, you couldn't be more against. You do you. You deserve it. Here's what 2 Corinthians says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his, his new life will, get this, no longer live for themselves. Instead, they, live, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. We will no longer live for ourselves. It's interesting to me that, that if anyone could have had an ego, it was Jesus. Right? I mean, who, who, who could have had an ego? Oh, yeah? You think you're perfect? Look at me. <laughs> oh, you do anything wrong? I haven't. Like, like Jesus could have definitely played that card. <laughs> and yet he didn't. But he surely could have. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, hey, right here. Yeah, you can live like the world, Sure. But if you want to live an unoffendable life like Jesus lived, we no longer live for ourselves. We live for Christ. That means, in my mind, I, I think about others. There's, there's a second way in uh, Philippians 2 that we see how to live unoffendable lives. Let's look at verse 5. It says... Uh, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, took the humble position of a servant, and was born as a human being. I don't know if you realize this, but Jesus modeled unoffendableness, not a word, unoffendableness to us by becoming a servant. You see, I, th I think we, we need to, in order to get rid of our ego, say no to ego, yes to humility, we first of all have to be thinking of others. But secondly, I think we have to be a servant. We have to serve others. Well, it, it's hard to serve others, right? I, I mean, I... And, and what if we have to serve those people who offend us? Hmm, that seems awful. 
I don't want to serve them. But it really comes down to the question, do, do I want to be more like Jesus or do I want to be less like Jesus? And if I'm not going to serve people, I'm going to choose not to be more like Jesus. But, but you don't understand, Brett, like what about those people that offend me? All right, and I'll name some. What about that ref, that umpire at that game? Dude, he, he was looking for somebody to offend and he got somebody right here. Okay, how do I serve him or her? Ah, it can't be what Jesus meant. <laughs> but what if it is? What about that coach? What about that coach? And you are so offended because he has no talent evaluation skills in him at all. Because obviously your child has more talent and he chose somebody else. What a doofus. I'm offended. He ought to be embarrassed. Or, hmm, how can I serve him? Not serving that guy. What would Jesus have done? Jesus lived an unoffendable life. What does that look like? <laughs> it's difficult. And I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm up here talking about this, but I don't want you guys to think that I've arrived on this. This is a hard sermon for me to preach. I went into this sermon, obviously I told you, thinking I had no ego, and then I'm like, stink, I got a big, huge balloon behind me. Everybody sees it, except for me. And, and I get offended. The onions on the burger was an actual thing that happened on Thursday. And I literally said to James, who was across the table, I can't say anything about these onions because I'm preaching on Sunday about this. But I'll tell you what, if I wasn't preaching... Somebody'd be making me a new burger. Because I'm offended, but right now I'm going to act godly. Thinking of others is hard. You know what? It's not easy being a follower of Jesus. It's not easy to act like Jesus. It is definitely not easy to live an unoffended life. Thinking of others serving others. Ugh. You know, what does it look like to serve others in, in all these instances? Um, what about a family member that, that just drives you crazy? And, and you all have gone to family reunions. You know who I'm talking about. It's that aunt that's going to sue you for a million dollars after you hug her. <laughs> or whomever it is. My wife and I, we, we really did talk about having the best family reunion we've ever had last year. And it was at somebody else's house and nobody we were related to. <laughs> we had such a riot. It was so fun. The kids had a great time. I actually asked the guy if he'd invite us back and he said he would this year. And, and we will go back to Jimmy's family reunion. It was amazing. Why? Well, because it's easy to not be offended there. But what about your family members? And they always dig you. They always dig. They always know the buttons to push. What if we serve them? I'm never doing that. Why not? Hard to live like Jesus. It's hard to live like, like Jesus. 
but we should be some of the most unoffended people on the planet. So at Christmas time, we're going to give a gift to every teacher. And we're going to write a note and say, thank you so much for being my teacher. And at the end of the year, we're doing the same thing. And one of my kids, I will not name them, says, I don't want to send a note to her. And we said, oh, no, we're sending a note. Yeah, we're going to serve her. And she's going to get a little thing of maple syrup that we made. And she's going to get a bridge track that talks about Jesus. And we're going to be the most unoffendable people on the planet. Why? Because God said to. Adults in the room, we have to model this. It is not natural. They will naturally come home and say, you be you. Of course I rule. And we're, we're raising a whole generation of young kids who think they have a vote and rule. It is hard to be godly and carry around an ego like this. It is hard to be godly and highly offendable. There's a third way. Whoa. There's a, a, th a third way that, that we can say no to ego and, and yes to humility. And it's found in verse 8. Here's what it says. Um, when he, Jesus, appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. The third way that we live unoffendable lives is by submissive sacrifice. Submissive sacrifice. Sacrifice is different than serving. Sacrifice actually costs me something. I have to give something in order to sacrifice. What, what Jesus gave was his life. Jesus chose not to be offended. He chose to die for us. He could have been offended. He was wrongly accused. Died on a criminal's cross. But he was setting an example for you and I. That, that submissive sacrifice is how we need to live. And I, I, hmm, I think this is a hard one. Um, this would be like sacrificing. Somebody's on your tail and they are, they're tailgating you, and you want to bump the brakes, you want to somehow get behind them, make them loose in the next corner, um, or, or bump them or something. Uh, maybe I'm the only one that thinks that way. And they're right on your tail. Well, sacrificing would just be pulling over and letting them go by. And not flipping them off on the way by. No. Okay? No mean face, no flash of a gun, No. Just let them go by. Unoffended. Sacrifice. Oh, I could never do that. You don't understand. I could never do that. That's crazy. What about at the, at the shopping center? And, and you're in the 10 items or less aisle. And, and people should respect the 10 items or less sign. And they don't. They're sneaking in there with 12, 15, 18, sometimes 20 items. Nobody's there telling them. If I don't tell them, they won't know for the next time. You know what being unoffended looks like? Sacrifice. Let me help you empty your cart of 19 items. 
No, not that. No. It's just letting them go. And you know what? When it, it may be not even going in that line. It, it may be just picking a different line and saying, you know what? That's not really the 10 items or less. That's really like the under 100 items line, but they can do that. I'm not going to be bothered by that. I'm not going to choose to sacrifice. That's a true story. It really happens. Start counting these items. It's crazy what they get in that line with. <laughs> you know why that bothers me? Because my ego. It doesn't wound me a bit to stand behind people with, with more in their cart, except it hurts my ego. Oh, do I want to be like Jesus? I better shrink my ego. I better choose humility. It's, uh, it's purchasing a gift for the person who wounded you deeply. It's choosing to sacrifice my rights and not respond on social media when somebody's got it all wrong. And you know they've got it all wrong. But it's choosing to be righteous, not right. And realizing that it really does not matter. I'm going to choose to be unoffended. If only this was easy. So what does that look like with my burger? It looks like just quietly picking off the onions, putting on ketchup because it covers them all two sins, <laughs> and eating that thing. And when the lady comes back, just saying, oh man, best burger I've had all day. Thank you. And I will tip you extra because I appreciate your hard work. Totally counterintuitive. Because living like Jesus does not look like the rest of the world. And if Halstead wants to make an impact in this community, we better all radically begin to live like Jesus. We better think of others. We better sacrifice. We better be a servant. And a lot of times that means we just close our yapper. And we choose to not be right, but just to be righteous. Oftentimes that has much bigger impact than proving a point. But it's so hard to do. I know I'm going to be driving home, there's going to be a water truck in front of me because I can't preach this sermon without something pricking me on the way home. And God's saying, oh yeah, you preach that. How are you going to do? I'll be home by like 2.30. But that's fine because I hope that we want to be more like Jesus. I hope that that's the priority. So what does this look like specifically? Here's, here's a few quick examples. Um, at home, be quick to admit when you're wrong. You know, a lack of ego and high humility enjoys feedback. And it's willing to say, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Make a difference, not a point. We talked about that. There are many, many times we can choose to make a point or not. Choosing to not. Be a servant. What if we all went home and said, I think I'm going to do three nice things today. I'm going to think of the things that she enjoys doing the least. And I'm going to serve her. That kid got offended. Um, what if we all did that? 
Just a little slice of shrinking our ego. What about at work? Once again, what if we're quick to admit that we were wrong? I can't admit I'm wrong at work. Why not? If you're wrong, you're wrong. Let's just own it. Think of three ways to serve your fellow workers. No way I'm doing that. Why not? Wouldn't that set you apart to be seen as, wow, that person is weird. And, and quite honestly, weird is what we want. We're supposed to be a peculiar people. In fact, James says to live such good lives, or Peter lives such good lives in our world that even though they accuse us of doing wrong, they're going to see how we live and glorify God on the day he visits us. Why not serve? And then what if we prayed for the boss? What if we prayed for their family? You don't know my boss. I'm not praying for... It sounds like, if you had that thought, it sounds like he needs prayer. <laughs> Maybe prayer is exactly what they need. Um, but what if we did that? And then finally, in life, what if we identified what frequently offends us? Like really just star it and say, I know this area is a struggle. God, will you please help me get victory over that? Identify who you get offended by and begin praying for them by name. Will you please bless hmm, and help me? This may not change their heart, but it probably will change yours. And then finally, work to shrink your ego. Work to shrink my ego by serving others. Paul says very clearly, we need to think about others. We need to sacrifice and serve others. And by doing that, we're saying no to ego, and we're saying yes to humility. I want to hit this verse one more time. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. The question really is, are, are you living today for yourself or are you living for Christ? If you are living for Christ, you will live one of the most unoffendable lives in Susquehanna County. And the question really is, would other people identify you as someone who gets offended easily or someone who rarely ever gets offended? Because this is hard to see in the mirror. Maybe we all need to ask three people what side of the line we're on today. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you so much for hitting us in the face with, uh, with this. And um, God, we, we need to live like Jesus. And it is hard. Please help us. Help us, help us to live in a way that pleases you. Uh, we love you. Sometimes we don't act that way. Thank you for your faithfulness to us, even when we don't act faithful to you. Um, I, I just pray that you'd help Halstead Campus make a huge impact in this school district, in this county, um, for you, that people would look at this place and say, there is a group of people who are very rarely, if ever, offended because they're trying to be like Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.